Hey, you are listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Got to take care of a few things before we jump into this week's episode. First, our ramping isometrics for BJJ program. It is a 12-week program all laid out for you. It's going to help you build strength and cardio in the fastest, safest, and most convenient way possible. This is how James and I have been training for the past year, and we love it. So we put this program together so you can just follow along, and we are certain you will see and feel the benefits that we do. It's only 15 bucks. Just go to GrumpyGuyBJJ.com, click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner, and you'll find it. Next, R3. Is this is our K2 D3 supplement. It is a combination combination of those two vitamins D3 and K2. These are two vitamins that James and I have been taking for a long time that really help us recover from hard training sessions. And for only 15 bucks with free shipping, you get a whole month supply. I was going to pull up some studies explaining the benefits of D3 and K2, but I'm not going to insult your intelligence and pretend to be a fucking scientist. I take it it helps me recover. That's it. So for 15 bucks, check it out. And last but certainly not least, we have partnered up with Dejitsu.com. They have a ton of awesome BJJ instructionals, and they have hooked us up with a discount code for our listeners. It's Grumpy10. So what you got to do is you go to Dejitsu.com, which is D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com. Find the instructionals you want, throw them in a shopping cart, in the little discount code box, you type in Grumpy10, which is just G-R-U-M-P-Y, and the number 10, one zero. That's it. No spaces. Boom. You get 10% off. You're up and running. They got a nice app you can download on your phone. That way you can take your instructions right to the gym with you, watch the technique, drill it. It's a pretty sweet setup. So once again, D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com, discount code Grumpy10, G-R-U-M-P-Y, one zero. Simple as that. To find all this stuff I just got done talking about, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com. Click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner. There, you'll subscribe to our newsletter for podcast updates. You'll find links for the Ramping ISOs program, the R3 Recovery Supplement, and then under the Programs and Products tab, you'll find a link to dejitsu.com. And let's be honest, if you guys can't figure out how to navigate a website by now, there's nothing I can do to help you. So quit fucking around. Check it out, train hard, and let's get into this week's episode. Three and boom. Here again, Friday afternoon, once again, post-stick mobility routine. I'm all warmed up and ready to kick some fucking ass on this podcast, dude. <laughs> nice and mobile to sit here. Standing. So mobile. That's right. Today, today's little stick routine is better than last week's. Some improvements. How do you, I mean, how would you say that? I'm not going to say yes or no, but I'm like, why do you I think I like so? it better, um... We did more of the, a couple more of the moves that were definitely you need the mobility stick for as opposed, as opposed to a broomstick. It's good. So there was that Every guru's got to make sure you're using a good dose of the of only, what, of what you need the tool for. What you need the tool for. Yes. That and uh, a couple different moves uh, incorporates a little more lower body into it. You know, last week was more like pretty much 100% upper body focused. Yeah. This week we had like the kind of getting into the lunging stuff. A little bit. We did some bit. some of that last time. Oh yeah, kind of playing around, but yeah. like not my set. Right. Yeah. Routine. I wanted to take somebody through. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was good. I liked the. Uh, I liked it. It's. Uh, you, you feel good when you get done with it. Yeah. 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 I will say, 
as a client, mm -hmm. the open-ended um, nature is you don't know what's going, like how long it is. And so if you tell people like, all right, we're going to go through like blah, blah exercises, probably take us like half an hour, then they, they know what they're doing. So, cause this one was longer than last week too. Well, I timed this one out. <laughs> okay, that's that's a good point. Uh, on that note, I I did this exact routine this morning. Timed it out. Minus the coaching involved, just going through it myself, took me about twenty minutes. Yeah. So I figured it'd probably take twenty five to thirty minutes, and I did not share that info with you guys. Yeah, no, it's fine. That's just part of the. Uh, I should have said it. The, I don't really see you guys as clients, so. Well, you know, everything is practice for sure. for Hot Rod's Garage <laughs> at <laughs> this point. So, uh, um, no, but it's just, it, it uh, it's funny, that just human psychology. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know anything, man. If you go into a round and you know, okay, I got five minutes, or you go into a round and you're not quite sure exactly when it's going to end, you know, it's just different. a different, it's different different psychology so what was it uh that's funny it's funny you brought that up right away because that was i was going to touch on something along that exact same line today okay pretty much we'll save it for we'll save it for down the line yeah for our 15 minutes of jujitsu discussion yes so at the very end <laughs> at the very end right so um anyways though yeah man i thought it was good i like the the new routine i stole some of the moves and was using them on uh what was it Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday morning. Kelly and I went into the into the facility and did our banded ramping isometric stuff. And as part of the warm up routine, the uh, oh yeah, Nick was there too. So yeah, I took him through. We did the um, we just did the snake one. When we yeah, did the, the, the half kneeling like kind yeah. of snake, whatever you call it. I don't know it. what else to call it. Sounds yeah, like yeah, a half kneeling yeah. snake because you got to snake your arm through. Yep. Seemed fitting. And then I did. Uh, I saw you do something similar. So like this whole little series where you do like the stretch and then you can reach back and, and grab uh -huh. like this. Uh -huh. And then you kind of similar to like our lizard yep. series, right? And then go here. So now I'm taking the stick. I didn't know what to do with it. And I'm wrapping it around my foot. So putting it here and then grabbing. And then the wider out I grab, like the deeper it pulls me in. I was using. Huh, <laughs> you did something like that. You, there was something where you had the 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 stick on the bottom of your foot, basically on the ball of your foot. Yeah. And you were doing but not something. Not in that position, but I kind of like that idea. Yeah, yeah. No, it was just because I have the stick anyways. I remember telling you, like, I do the stretch, but like, I don't know what to do with the stick, so I just sit here with it, and then I go on to the next thing. And uh, yeah, but I saw that I I can't remember, and I was like, oh, that's a fucking good idea. Huh. And dude, that lights your hamstring. Up. Yeah, bet. when you start pulling back you get that calf into it because again that's the uh um ah, what was it ian king like the way that he kind of defined it like if you get when once you get a joint we we're talking about this a little bit last week like once you start stretching at more than one joint it really starts to become like a, a fascial stretch because you know that's more involved if it's just a single joint stretch and you're really just isolating a single muscle group then you know you might be getting a little bit more into the lengthening of the muscle fibers or whatever but definitely when you start getting more so when you're doing that hamstring stretch that's like a single joint at the knee but then when you get that stick around the, 
the ball of the foot and start pulling back. Well, now you're getting a stretch at the ankle, ankle too. And the calves, yeah. So yeah, now you've got the calf and the or the the ankle and the knee joint involved, and so now that's why it like lights it up like totally differently. So yeah, it's good shit, man. I'm all I'm all on board, man. I'm gonna be like the stick mobility guru. That's I'm going. I like it. Yeah. And I, I just I gotta get better better at it myself to get the benefits from it, and then also that'll in turn help me infect all my friends yeah. and people around me. With well, what you're going to have to do is just business advice, unsolicited business advice. I'm good at giving that out, obviously. Perfect. I never did hear back from Josh about my... <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly, I did we not are... hear back from Old Hanger about my unsolicited fucking podcasting we, advice. We are masters at unsolicited advice. Yes. So, um, yeah, but the, the stick... I know the stick mobility people, they have some sort of like affiliate or wholesale program. They do. So you got to get signed up for that. And then you need to have one or two sticks on hand so that you can sell them to people. And I would even say like something similar to like what I'm trying to do uh, with the the Catalyst training facility. You know, you got like a a charge like $100 for your first session, but it includes your your stick. So... Good idea. You're right, and then like fifty dollars after that or whatever. But you know they offer. I again, I don't have it memorized, but they have like certification courses. You yeah. Know, so you can go learn how to use do different things with the yeah the stick. And uh, <clears throat> one, I think once you do that, you get um, on like the wholesale program, mm. so you can buy sticks at you know a discount, and you, you become an affiliate, or, you know, so to speak. Yeah, I'm sure you can probably sign up for that without the. Certification. Through the, through the program. People like money. Yeah, that's funny. Generally yeah, speaking, they funny. like money. I have never found anybody that doesn't like. Money. I have. I have. I run into people occasionally. They you don't know, like money. They don't want to take your money, man. You got a job. And you're like, hey, brother, I need you to do a job, and they're just like, eh, you know, fucking it up, or you know, can't get it done, or can't return the phone call. You know, I, I'm sure you've run into someone. Who is just so incompetent? Like they're almost trying not to take your money. You know what I mean? It's like really, like you, they won't call you back, or they're always like, you know, putting shit off. Like, dude, I've sworn off Home Depot because those motherfuckers just like piss me off so bad, so many times. I'm like, you guys must not like my money. But no, there's been a few times here, man. Like Bud Signs, I fucking called them to see about a sign for the Catalyst Training Facility. Never got a call back. They must not need any. They must make enough money. They don't need my money. Hmm. So that's, that's how I, I. You know what I mean? Obviously, I'm. But that's the message. That it's like, okay, well, you don't want to take my money. So people say they want your money, and then those are the same motherfuckers who are like the economy, fucking Mexican stealing jobs. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, asshole, I tried to give you money, and you wouldn't take it because you were so bad at what you do that I literally couldn't get you to take my fucking money. Like, I mean, we've actually been involved in situations like that. Yeah. So, where people are like, hey, I want to give you money so I can do this thing. And it's like, can't figure out how to take their money. So, anyways. Anyways. (laughs) All right. (laughs) We'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. (laughs) But yeah, stick, man. Get you some sticks. Yeah. Do the, uh, yeah, I think that'd be, that's the way to go because... 
it's kind of like me with the mace stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not something that people are going to have. Right. And so if you're going to expect them to get into it and make use of it, you got to have some form of use. You got to be able to provide it for them yeah. or, you know, make it really easy for them to get. So what kind of like, Ooh, and then people love to get shit, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like if you walk away from a training session and you've got like something in your hand, like a new tool, that's cool. That's cool. That's so much better than just like walking away with a piece of paper telling you do fucking, you know, three sets of five on your deadlifts. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, so. People do like stuff. They like money and they like stuff. They do. That's a tricky thing with fitness because, you know, you're selling a basically an it's an intangible thing. You're selling a future self to them. So the, uh, that's why a lot of times when you sign up at a gym, if they're good, they know what they're doing, a gym or a trainer. When you first sign up, they'll give you shit. You get like the bag and the fucking water towel, bottle the and the towel and the t-shirt or the, you know, here's some bars. And, you know, so a lot of that is uh, just because they know people feel more satisfied if they walk out of an exchange. They just sign you know, a contract for 25 bucks for the next five years or whatever the fucking deal is. And, uh, yeah, if they've got some shit to hold, they're going to think about not think, you know, be less likely to be thinking about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, so, you know, that's a bad use of that psychology, but having a stick for people. So they're pumped and they'll stick with the routine. That's a good use of that psychology. Right? It's like the force. There's a dark side and there's a light side. And sometimes you got to tread into the dark side a little bit to, to you know, figure out how to make better use of the light. But I don't see it as treading into the dark side. As long as you got good intentions. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, no, no. I'm just saying, though, like, like understanding the, the psychology, the, the psychology the behind the Sith. Yeah. You know? That's why the Sith were able to defeat the fucking Jedi, because the Jedi didn't understand them, because they were like, I can't even fucking get involved in the dark side, and you know, that you taint me. You gotta understand the dark side to, to defeat exactly, the dark side. Exactly, exactly. You gotta become one with the And what was it? All the dark side dudes came from the light, like yeah. almost all of them were, or a lot of them were originally Jedi. They understood the light side. Yeah, they, yep, knew, they, they understood the both. Yeah. Exactly. They knew how to manipulate it, so the Jedi made themselves fragile they fragilized their system because they weren't comfortable with exactly the they should have just fucking invited them in and said hey man keep your enemies closer exactly exactly where'd that come from where'd that saying come from keep your friends close and your enemies close I don't know it's probably it probably wasn't even some like <clears throat> deep philosopher it's probably like a fucking movie and it's just infected our culture no I mean it's definitely a philosophy I would I would venture to say I've read uh, um Machiavelli's book, The Prince, uh-huh. and I would venture to say that it's somewhere in there. There's definitely a theme about keeping your enemies uh, close, like treating them as friends, like not letting them know that you even know that they're enemies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the best way. If you if you're you're like, man, I don't even know that you're my enemy. Like I'm I'm playing stupid. You know, like you're my enemy, and I'm like pretending like I don't even know it, and treating you like a friend. That's the best way to fucking keep tabs on your ass. Like, if I tell you I know you're my enemy and I'm coming after you, I'm going to destroy your ass. Be guarded. Exactly. It's be hard to get inside. Exactly. It. Infiltrate the They're walls. not going to let you know shit. And get past the garrison of right. the forces. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, man. Yeah. Psychology. 
Did you read that one, the 44 Rules of Power or whatever it was? Or? The, yeah, yeah. Long yeah. time ago. Yeah, a long time ago. Was is that, is that Stephen Covey? No, no. That was the guy. He wrote the book with DMX. The 50 Laws of Power or whatever. The, the DMX Laws. No. <laughs> DMX, DMX wrote a book, bro. Did he? Yeah. Well, you know. Wrote a book like... Yeah, he provided the content for a book. Hmm. So... Same guy? Same author? Robert Green, Green. I believe yeah, was his Green. name. Yeah. And he... Uh, God, what is his name? There's another guy... Ryan Holiday. Ryan Holiday that's was the an stoic. intern under him. He's the stoic guy. Yeah, yeah, but he'll reference him a lot. He was he interned under him when he was writing those books. Okay. So, um, so yes. Anyways, <clears throat> don't ask me how I fucking know all that, but I do. So, but yeah, good books. But the, uh, you know, it's it's interesting, man. Like the, like those those rules of power, the um, persuasion book. Uh, that has like the seven scientifically, you know, like like reciprocity. reciprocity. Right, right. If I give you something, you're gonna feel compelled, obligated, obligated to give me back. That's why like charities will send you stamps, stamps. with your fucking Man, name you, on it, dude. I've got all about that scam in the mail. Yeah, I haven't seen that in years. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah man. Return labels. Yep. If they give you something, you feel compelled to Donate. make to to yeah to uh, reciprocate. Yep. So, you know, these things exist and, and, uh, not knowing about it doesn't mean that they don't exist and learning about it doesn't mean that you have to use them for evil, you know? So there's just, I've just, uh, talked with people before. They're, they're just like, they almost don't want to know about, you know what I mean? Because knowing that people will give you something just because they're trying to manipulate you Man, that's a fucking harsh reality. You know, it's not it's not rainbows and, and cupcakes. It's not everybody's doing their best to like, you know, whatever. It's like that that's so some people don't want to f- face that reality. They think that like having to admit that reality is admitting that like life is dark and terrible and, and everything sucks and so I'm just gonna pretend like this doesn't exist. And you see people either go that way or they go the other way. They I think it is people don't like to be critical thinkers because some people, again, will ignore it right. and pretend everything's rainbows and unicorns or they'll go the complete opposite way and be super skeptical and think everybody's trying to screw them over. Yes. Instead of trying to... Everything's be, a scam. Everything's Everyone's a scam. Everyone's trying to... Like, what's in it for you? Exactly. I will, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's okay to have that as one of your filters, but you can't stuff everybody into that box that they're trying to fuck you over. Right. I mean, that's but again, people don't like to use critical thinking skills. They like to have rules and boxes to stuff people into. And if someone's teetering on the edge of one, they just stuff them in there, stop thinking about it, move on. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, just simple boxes. It's just laziness. Yeah. I mean, it's just it, a lot of it's just education too, man. People aren't taught this stuff. I mean, if we taught kids this in school, like, hey, this is how you think. This is how you can use this to help. You know, because it's good, man. Hey, what I. Uh, banishing slavery made use of these psychological tactics. You know what I mean? Like you, you, this was a entrenched thing, like to 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 get people to think differently and to see things your way enough to change that institution. I guarantee you, if you look at it, you're going to be able to see like, oh, okay, but well, that was the use of that persuasion tactic. Oh, that was a 
you know, rule of power they were, you know, manipulating. And so you have to, like, you, you, you if you want to get people to see things uh, in a better way, and again, this comes back to like, eventually you get to the point where you're like, man, I think I see something here. I think I see something that other people are missing. There's a better way of looking at things and, and people are missing it and, and it's, it's hurting them. And so I need to, I need to figure out how to help them see things the way that I see them so that it benefits them. And <clears throat> so that's the, you know, how you, you have to use those things. And so going through life and not thinking that you're never using those things is bullshit. If you have a job, you sold yourself. Like, you know, it, like it, it, it people are always selling. Yeah, you're, you're selling your, yeah. you're selling your soul, your time, yeah. everything. You, you know? sell yourself. You sell yourself. All the time. Yep. So to, again, you can either, you know, admit it and, and uh, learn how to use those things effectively and then, um, you know, having a fucking mission to use them towards as well, whether it's, you know, helping people, you know, just spreading the word of jujitsu, man. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to convince someone to try jujitsu and stick with it, you got to use some psychological tactics. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, it's not like eating ice cream. It's not like, Hey, try ice cream. Hey, you want to do that again? Oh, dude, speaking of that, (laughs) I discovered, you know, mochi, right? Yes. Ice cream balls. Yes. Have you had the s'more mochis? I have not. That sounds next, delicious. Next time we have a little Wilson barbecue, yes. I'm bringing a couple boxes of those over for us. Beautiful. They are fucking phenomenal. They're, you know, that chocolate on the outside, you know, chocolate, you know, dough or whatever, with graham cracker flavored ice cream <clears throat> with a marshmallow in the middle. Ooh. Phenomenal, dude. Yeah. I bet. They are amazing. I bet. I got to get on Kiela and check the mochi section more often. Yeah. So, well, good. Anyways, yeah, mochi's I good. Didn't mean to no, 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 that was worth it, man. S'mores mochi. S'more mochi. Sounds good. Now you got me thinking about s'mores mochi. <laughs> s'mores mochi. No, but what you were just saying, like you were just mentioned, you know, trying to get people interested in jujitsu. It made me think about beginners class Wednesday night. Dude, we had a lot of new people there. Yeah, there was a group. I think there's a group of four. Were they all together? Guys, yeah. Well, four of them were together. I think they were from Alpine Bank. They had, uh, and they signed up for the trial. Oh, okay. And so there was four of them that were together. And then there was the, like, the, the older, older dude who was there. Who had, Bob. And, yeah, Bob. And then, uh, um, yeah, sorry. We got silent Bob. So somehow, somehow like, I always think of like Bob as like just a, like a Fred for a fucking mountain biker. It's just like a name you yeah, use. No, his name. You don't know his name. He introduced himself as Bob. I know. And it was easy enough, close enough to my name that I was able to remember. Yes. So, uh, yeah, and then we had another. So there was like five or six new people mm-hmm. who were within their first, you know, three or four classes, mm-hmm. if not two <laughs> classes. So. And the reason I bring that up is you forget, you know, I've been doing it for so long you really do forget how intimidating... I mean, it's intimidating to start anything new, but something, some sort of combat, you know, sport, martial art, that's intimidating to walk in and start, man, especially for guys. I'm sure it is for everybody. I'm sure it is for girls, too. It, it is for everybody, but obviously I can only speak from my experience, but you forget, man, how uncomfortable. Like, that's a pretty brave step for new people to come in and try. Yeah. And, yeah. I, I know I'm kind of a dickhead sometimes, and I, I get a little callous and stuff in my own ways, <laughs> and I forget, like, you got to treat those, you got to be nice to those people and really try to set them up for success 
to want them to keep training and to, to enjoy because it, it, that, that is it's not an easy thing it's no in their first few interactions with you know us hired students of jiu-jitsu it's it's an important thing it's not something you should take lightly no 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 man first impressions are first impressions super are important man and you know that was part of why like i showed up there in class you know and obviously i'm not training because of my knee recovering and most of the lady you know most of the time i just sit off to the side in my shorts and my t-shirt and then i'll help but you know you were going to be teaching class that night and I saw all those new people, and then I thought about like the optics of it because I wanted to help. I figured you needed help, yeah, yeah. because it, I mean, it's just that many new people. Like it'll be a better experience for them. So that was the first thing I thought. Like, okay, if I can get in there and help too, they'll get more attention. They'll learn better, better experience. And I was like, well, then I'm just some asshole in shorts and a fucking t-shirt teaching them. Who am I? They don't know. I just assume, <laughs> yeah. you know, because that's my yeah. world. Like, jiu-jitsu school is my world, and yeah. you know, that's that's my place. So I just assume I'm like, well, they don't know who I am. I'm like, all right, I need to put my gi on and be professional here. Yeah, that yeah. was the whole line of thought. Like, I was going through, like, okay, we got to make this a good experience for these guys. Because if it's not, you know, why would they sign up? Why right. would they? You know, yeah, we got two up? weeks to show them. I mean, jiu-jitsu is fun, and it's you're gonna, you know, yeah, it's tough, but. It's worth it. And you're it's gonna head in the right direction. That's a definitely that's a big message you gotta put across to them. Is like, yeah, this is gonna suck sometimes. Yeah. But it's all worth it. All the sucks are worth it. Yeah. All the benefits that come from practicing jujitsu, putting yourself through that much of a struggle. It's there's so many benefits from it. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. That's why I tell people, man. Like everybody had their first day. Yeah. Everybody had a first day. Either everybody had their first day. Period. Or everybody had their first day trying to learn this technique. Everybody had their first day doing whatever, and and you know, yeah, it's it's funny, man. I've I've talked to you about that. I mentioned that before. Like you are so far removed from your first day of jujitsu, so far that if you don't really make a conscious effort to think about it, it can, it's just it's not excuse it, how you see it, a little bit, yeah. And so yeah, but that's part of being a good coach, though, and, and that's what you you do. That's what makes you a good coach is you are able to empathize with them. You realize like, oh, wait a minute, I got to stop seeing jujitsu through my eyes. my eyes and see it through their eyes. And like, oh shit, that's right. Like that's a fucking intimidating thing. And yeah, I mean, if they don't, if they walk out feeling um, frustrated and you know, they're, they're never going to figure out what's going on, then they're going to be way less likely to um, do it. So that's yeah, you got to, think about like we were talking about we were doing that Kimura uh setup and you know you're right like I, I started working like okay you set up the Kimura and then if your partner defends here's an easy way to break and it's like oh we should have just started with they don't defend like you know just just do getting, that just getting new people to learn how to be a good partner in close yes. when you're in someone's close oh partner. my god that's such a big thing that that's a that's a task. Knowing how to react, right? Knowing how to react, like you don't you're not trying to resist, but you don't want to flop over like a wet noodle. And so there's a lot going on there to help your partner learn better. So yeah, to get that point across to them and teach them how to defend and teach them how to do the kimura, like it's a shit show. Yeah. Like hey man, I just want you to put your hands on the ground. We're not gonna worry about that not being good jujitsu right now. I just want you to hold yourself up. Don't fall to your face when they grab your arm. Like, yeah. You forget about all that. Yep. Yeah, that was funny, man. We had to spend just as much time coaching the uh, the people who were, you know, the uki had their who were in the closed guard yep. as we did the person doing the technique because, yeah, if you uh, 
if you react like the with the Kimura setup we were doing, you have to let them pull your weight forward and your hands hit the mat. And then like you're saying, like, but try to keep good posture. You can't just mm-hmm. collapse and melt on them. Right. And, and you, you don't want to be dickhead, push too hard. Right, push too hard. And then we were doing the sit-up sweep, and then it was the opposite. It was like, okay, now you guys need to sit up. Like, do not, like, let him pull you down at all. And seeing people trying to do the sit-up sweep on people when their partners had, like, collapsed over. And uh, reminded me of kids' class. Yes. Quite a bit. So... But, uh, but man, it's, that's just normal shit. That's, you know, we all went through it, but that is, it is important, man. You got to use those, those rules of persuasion, those, you know, the, the psychology things that to help them, uh, see things the way that you see things, which is that jujitsu is fucking awesome and it's right. worth it. So like we're trying to sell jujitsu to people. Yeah. If you talk to about jujitsu and you ask him to fucking come in, like you're trying to sell it to him. You are. You're yep. trying to sell it to him. And no if and ands and buts about it. Yep. So yeah, yeah. And we need training partners. We do you do need training partners. So you always need new training partners. Yeah. I'm glad to see there was a good crop of white belts coming in. So hopefully we set a good example for them. They'll come back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. It's funny how that ebbs and flows, man. Yeah. You get like a, a group of them and like six months, a year later, There's you got like maybe one or two one that two are stuck around yeah. and uh, are, you know, looking to get their blue belt. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting process. You see them, man. I root for all of them. Root for every one of them. But it's but hard, you know the likelihood hard not to be a little cynical. Oh, it is. It's really hard not to be a little cynical. I do. I'm not. I don't lose my cynicism or my my uh, negative outlook on it completely dissipate until someone gets to a little purple belt. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. Because I mean, so many people quit. I, yeah. What you, even the blue, even a blue belt, man. It's, it's, it's crazy. White, white, I mean, obviously the, the rate of when a white belts quitting is super high. Blue belts quitting is very high also. Purple belts, it drops significantly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. I but will. you still few you still see you know some purple belts you don't bail out on it, but generally once they get to that point, they're sticking. They're in for the long haul. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, no, it's funny providing, you mention that, man. Providing some major life event, but yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think like out of our out of our crop of purple belts that we've had, there's there's a few small handful that don't slow train, but man, yeah, like it just. I mean, fucking even Brian Harris keeps popping in. Every once in a while. Every once in a while, man. Just I keeps haven't in seen that. him in ages, though. He, he, he trains in the morning. I mean, he'll make it in the evening every once in a while. But, you know, they just... He, he works more than I do. Yeah. Two jobs. He's working full. But, yeah, man, if you get to Purple Belt, I guess you have, like... It's just baked in your DNA a little bit. Kind of what you do. So, but until then, it's it's not a guarantee. It's not it's a guarantee. still not a guarantee. It's still not a guarantee. It's never a guarantee. It's never. Dude. The, no, it's not a guarantee. That's the fucking, that's the funny thing. So, yeah. anyways, there you go. Selling, selling people on jiu-jitsu using psychology. It works. Man, look at that. We brought that all full circle. Really. There's so much Damn, like, man. shit It's there. almost like we've had these conversations at the time. You know, like you get your fucking stripes. Like there's a reason. Like everybody like, you know, whatever, blah, blah's the the system but that whole stripe thing especially for white belts and blue belts like it's important it is important man it's, it's important psychologically yep it, it is it, and it's like man if there's 
should they not need it? Yes. In a I mean, world. yes. All right. Yes. It's they should not need the stripes. But the reality is, is people until they get to a certain tipping point mentally, you want to try to do everything you can to stack the the odds in in their favor and in in the favor of your school. And so, yeah, it's just like making sure well, it's just recognizing people yeah, well, for just like effort, you, man. Yeah, exactly. And just that is a great feeling being recognized for effort, and also. Just like you talked about at the beginning, having something tangible that you walk away from a deal with. Or, man, I dude, I get extreme satisfaction in seeing a task completed. Mm-hmm. Like, like say I got a, a mess in my house, or whatever it is, and I go clean it up. Like I get done, and everything's nice and neat and organized, the floor's shining, it smells good. Like, dude, that's, that's a good feeling. I completed that fucking task, man. Like, and the stripes are the same thing. Again, in a perfect world, you don't need it. You yeah. shouldn't need it. No. But you know what? It feels good. It does. It's, it, it, I don't care how you want to fucking word it. Yeah. You can talk down on people for admitting that it feels good. But no, dude, it does. It does. It does, man. And it's, it is important yeah. to I mean, recognize that. That's your, uh, that's your tribe, man. Being, yeah. you know, being recognized and having people like acknowledge like, hey, man, you've been a good training partner. You fucking, you know, making good progress with, you know, whatever. But... Yeah, especially like I said, white belt and blue belt. I mean, once you get the purple belt, it's like you know whatever. At that point, you should know what this is all about. <laughs> it's a goddamn fucking grind. No, but there's still. I think it's at that point once someone gets to once someone gets to purple belt, the psychological dance you have to do with them doesn't go away. It just changes. Yeah. Yeah, you know, as far as like taking care of your training partners or your friends. Yep. It's it's just different, yeah. and everybody within that's different. But there's still there's still a little psychological, not manipulation, but delicacy. No, not no, that's not a good word for. It. But anyways, oh yeah, you know that go comes along with it. Yeah, well always. Yeah, that because it's funny. That's I started thinking. That just kind of put me down like the psychological thought process. You know of jujitsu after seeing all those new people last. Last Wednesday was it this Wednesday? Yeah, it was just a couple days ago. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was two days ago. Yeah, it was just two days. Goddamn, feels like a fucking feels like at least a week ago. I know, but yeah, it was just two days ago. Um, yeah, that really got me thinking about all that, you know, because then it started putting me down the rabbit hole of, um, like when you're drilling, ending on a good rep. You know, there was an old skier, this guy named uh, Billy the Kid. I think Josh Waitskin talks about this guy references him. Uh, he was a, I think he was an Olympic level skier from yeah. Steamboat here in Colorado. Um, I think there's even a statue of him in Steamboat. But anyways, yeah, yeah. But he, I remember reading something he wrote or an interview. They asked like, "Hey, what are, when you're out skiing? You know, what are your most important turns? Are they the first couple turns to get your run started out properly? Are they the middle of the run when it's the fastest and the most intense and you're getting tired, or is it the end of the run?" He's like, "It's the end of the run." He's like, it's the last three turns you make are the most important because that's what you start cementing in your memory because you get you get do your last three turns so you'd want to make them technically perfect because at the end of that run, you're done. You're back on the chairlift right at the top and that's when your brain is downloading that information and imprinting that. So yeah. if, if you get lax at the bottom and do shitty turns at the bottom all the time, that's what starts to imprint on your memory. It's the same thing when you're drilling, you know, in jiu-jitsu. You should always make your last rep. 
the best. I mean, obviously, you're trying yeah. to make every rep the best. Yeah. But if you're drilling a move, even if the timer's up, you say, like we do in drill class, that timer goes off in five minutes, and you fuck up that last move, you'll see me do it. When you know you see me do it drilling with you, like I'll make sure, like, hey, let me let me fix that quick. Yeah. I do not want that last rep to be shitty. Nope. It downloads into your consciousness, man. The last rep, best rep. Yeah. It's gotta be the the mantra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, man. Same thing with. Uh, I remember that was uh, um, the thought process behind uh, like Doctor Squat Fred Hatfield who was the guy behind, one of the head guys at ISSA, the certification I worked at. Because you remember back in the day, and you still hear it a lot, now it was trained to failure. Trained to failure. You got to train to failure. And if you're not hitting failure, you're not you know, doing good shit. And, and uh, he was like, no, man, you want to train to success. Like You don't want the last fucking rep that yeah. your body remembers as a failure. Like your body's going to... And remember, he was a strength athlete too. Like, he was the first guy to squat a 1,000 pounds in Dude, wasn't that the guy? Man, I was just thinking about that fucker the other day. Sorry to interrupt. No, 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 man. But I think he was, because I liked him, and I came across, I'm pretty sure it was him. Sorry, I got excited. But he's the guy who preaches, when it comes to strength stuff, that all your reps, you should do them as fast as you can. Compensatory acceleration training. Yeah, Yep, that was his deal. That was him, wasn't it? Yep. I couldn't, dude, I was... I came across that principle not too long ago. I mean, again, I mean, I came across it years ago, but I came across it again and it triggered some shit in my head. And I could not place the fucking guy's nope. name. I was like, who is that? And that's, that's who it Well, was. that's one of the bases behind the West Side system. It's speed. Speed, yeah. That's why they use the bands and the chains yep. and it's max acceleration. You're, you're trying to outrun the sticking point. Yep. If you can outrun the sticking point. And I was... So, yeah, he was a fucking... Pioneer, man, but yeah, that compensatory Hatfield, acceleration Hatfield, training. Right? You said Fred Hatfield, Fred Hatfield that's right. Dr. Squat. Yep. So yeah, he. Uh, but yeah, no, that was the thing. In case people don't like know what we're talking about, like if you're doing, say, like a squat, it's uh, hardest at the bottom, and it gets easier as you get to the top. And and so like your first first quarter rep at the bottom is way harder than your last quarter rep at the top, and people will generally just kind of move at a steady speed. You get through your sticking point and then you just kind of hit like a, a cruise speed and finish out your rep and get to the top and go down and grind through the bottom and kind of cruise through the rest of the rep. And so his whole thing was like, no, man, you don't cruise. Mm-hmm. Like once you get through that that hard part, you keep fucking firing to the end and just keep forcing yourself to move as fast as you can through the whole rep. And so it... it, it accommodates the strength curve which was the whole idea behind like the nautilus machines and the uh you know the accommodating resistance um that it, you're you're only maxing out the bottom or your weakest link and that was one of the the advantages of that that technique was now you're placing more stress because you're going faster uh over the, a bigger uh range of the strength curve so yeah, man. No, 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 no. It's funny. It's a lot of shit that people take uh, for granted today, and and that they forget that like, no, no, no. There was a time when someone thought of this, and yeah. they started putting it out there, and it was like, you know, it was uh, power, the scientific approach, and bodybuilding, the scientific approach. That was his two books, and it was all it's still relevant today. If you pick yeah. those up, you're gonna learn some stuff. Yes, yeah. yeah you are gonna learn. Yeah, it's the uh, I was thinking about this saying the other day that. Uh, um, 
you know, methods are many, principles are few, methods may change, but principles never do. Yep. And so today we've just got different methods, you know, the taking advantage are... of these timeless principles. And you can go back and look at old methods and sound methods that made good, solid use of basic principles are just as applicable today, man. Yep. Fucking solid over underpass still fucking still works, man. Solid over under and then into the tornado of justice. That's right. That's right. So Anyways, yeah, I forget where I was going with my 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 Fred Hatfield story. Oh, because we were talking about last rep, best rep. Oh yeah, but that was his thing, right? So we were in a world of like you know Mike Mincer and one set to failure, and and uh, yeah, that was the deal, dude. And and he was all like, no man, train to success. And that was his 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 psychology behind. And then Turner, you know, come to find out, like, oh, motherfucker was onto something. So. He, uh, dude, his other thing was like, eat for what you're about to do, not for what you did. Yeah. And another thing that turned out to be like pretty well, accurate. Who's, uh, who's making that, who made that popular again here recently? Um, the nutrition guy that claimed to fame was working with a bunch of UFC guys. Stop. Oh, man, I know you're talking about the, uh, Dolce. Dolce, yep. yep. Like Dolce. Yep, yep. That's his kind of, that's his mantra so to speak yeah is you know eat for what you're about to do right yeah because yeah, everybody you know few taken from the whole like post-workout drink idea mm-hmm. which is fucking you know sketchy at best is how exactly effective that is um you know yeah companies. exactly a lot of it was for sure but so but people would extrapolate from that to like everything they're like oh man i just got back from a hard hike you know I didn't eat before I went out on my hike and now I'm starving and so I'm going to eat to compensate for my hike. And, and they just spend their whole day basically chasing the their appetite, so to speak. And so it's like, no, the idea is like, okay, what are you about to do? What does your day look like? And then, you know, oh, you're not going to do a whole lot? Well, maybe you don't need to fucking eat as much. Like that's the whole, you know, the thing too is like, think, look what you're about to do. And if you have a light day, don't eat as much. You're going to about to fucking rock out in the gym, eat some food and fuel up for it. So again, like it sounds like common sense shit, but it's like, it, uh, it's easy to forget those basic things in a world of marketing. So you got to drink your chocolate milk after you work out. Chocolate milk's so good, though. The milk industry-funded study says so. <laughs> they did say so. <laughs> so, anyways. Man, speaking of studies, I, I didn't really have a whole lot of bro science time, but I found a few studies that were fucking funny. Yes. And so I wanted to, like, share them with you. And we're stepping up our game. we got the laptop it's kinda, out and ready here. It's kind of like funny science here. Like young Jamie that's over right, here. That's right, man. So, you know who Tim Anderson is? I do not. He's like the, uh, I think it's this guy. Anyways, I was about to say it. He's like the, the, the um, oh, original strength. Um, anyways, you probably know him. He's, he's one of the guys that really helped repopularize crawling okay. and, and stuff. So like resets are his thing. But anyways, it, I think this is the guy who was in on this study. But anyway, so they did a study. And it was uh, muscular, it was effects of three resistance training programs on muscular strength and absolute and relative endurance. Big name. So this is the funny part, man. They got three groups of uh, male college students. Like the first group is your high resistance, low rep group. And they're doing three sets of six to eight reps. 
Sound good? Your medium resistance, medium rep subjects, we're doing two sets of 30 to 40 reps. 30 to 40 is the medium resistance? Right. Okay. And there's a, so. But there's another group. There's another group. What are they doing? 100 fucking 100 yes. sets? Are you serious? Yes, dude. So the low resistance high rep group was doing a single set, thank God, of 100 to 150 reps. <laughs> and they were studying, uh, studying endurance. No, they were just studying like what are the strengths the and yeah, the effects of it. And like, surprise, surprise, like the you know, hey, you do 150 reps, you're gonna get better doing 150 reps. You're not gonna get much stronger. Hey, right. you do three sets of six, you're gonna get stronger. But guess what? You're not gonna get better at doing 150, 150. reps. <laughs> You're doing 30 to 40 reps, like you're kind of in the middle. You gained a little strength, you got a little better here. So, you know, it's just, it speaks to the, the specificity of training. But I just thought that was fucking ridiculous. I saw the three groups and I'm thinking like, okay, we might have like, what, like, you know, three by five. Right. And then like, uh, you know, uh, three by 12, 15, 12, 12 15. to 15, right? And then maybe like a two to two by 20. Maybe. If we're yeah. going to get like right. high rep low resistance They're like no no <laughs> 150 reps motherfucker go <laughs> who does it would they they go talk to a crossfitter like, you know like hey how many reps do you do in a set as many as i can dude i don't know man so um anyways i just thought you'd get a kick out of that can you imagine showing up for a study and someone tells you like all right you're doing 150 reps on the bench press go oh my god <laughs> Well, you'd probably be like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But, you know, something else. You'd be like, oh, my God. So, anyways, um, this other one was looking at, what the fuck is it called? Effect of varied weight training programs on strength. So, they were measuring uh, basically the effects of, what was it? One, two, and three sets using two, six, or 10 reps per set. And they're looking to see who got, what got stronger. You know how they're testing strength? How? Well, I'll guess. I, I Come on, we were just talking about it. What exercise is fucking, oh, yo, bro, yeah, that's it. There you go. That's what they tested. What they this is how they determined that it did increase their strength with bench press. Bench press, <laughs> I can see that. It's like, come what the fuck, man? You can't even throw a squat or just nothing in there. Just bench press. Well, because a lot of people can't do a good squat. I know. It makes it easy. It makes it easy. But again, like you just read, you know, like some abstract, whatever. Because like the conclusion is that three sets and six reps per set were best for improving strength. So somebody, you know, Puts a little blurb out, like new study shows three sets of six reps best for improving strength. And you know, I'll like dig into it and look and go like, oh yeah, it's bench press. Okay, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Like you know, like if we're just looking at bench press strength, then maybe that is. But anyways, it was just kind of one of those like, dude, that was fucking hilarious when you bench <laughs> press. But uh, <clears throat> I did think that because you know they had two sets and two sets, two sets. Two, six, and ten reps were the, the what they were doing. And it was interesting that six reps were what they found were best for improving strength. Like, not two. Hmm. So, yeah. They were, and they were doing a, a one rep max on their bench press. 
So if, that, I, that if someone was, was gonna, that was that was their main. That was the test. One rep max on bench press. Prior to yeah. and then. So somebody came to you before the study and said, "Hey, you got to put money down on what protocol you think is going to improve their strength as measured by one, one rep max. max on bench press." You know, two, six, or ten reps. Well, you know, I'd probably go with the six. Would you? Yeah. yeah. Just because I think the adaptation you get from a six rep set, you know, uh, protocol. Doing a weight that you can only get two times is pretty fucking taxing. And you can't do it. It's not repeatable. It's going to fry your central nervous system. And it's gonna. So, yeah, I, w- I would have I said the six. Huh. I would have went with it. Well, no, you wouldn't have. Yeah, I would have. No, you wouldn't have. Yeah, I would have. You're a fucking liar. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, James. No, I can't prove that. I can't prove it at all, but. I can't but prove it at all, buddy. You're, all. you're back filling. You're a little fucking lawyer, dude, and your head is like you're wearing doing off a good on job. You're, so. you're fucking just no, you're doing yours. a good job arguing. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> it's good. So, anyways, I, I thought that was kind of interesting. The 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 six, but um, the fuck else did we have here? Optimum repetitions for development of strength, and uh, this is funny. Uh, the the resistances employed were uh, okay. So nine groups. They didn't say what they tested them on. And this is just some abstract, so I didn't see what exercises and how they were testing them. But they were doing a two rep max, four rep max, six rep max, eight rep max, ten rep max, and twelve rep max for one set. Those were the the groups. Okay. Right. And so uh, before I tell you the conclusions, what do you think the optimum number of reps was for improving strength? What, but what was the what were they using to measure? I don't know. Well, well, so they were using like a one rep max effort. Again, I'm saying I don't know. Oh, they well, just then said. I can't, then I can't guess. Oh, okay. You can guess. You can certainly I, I can, I take a guess. I can certainly guess. But it all depends on what you're trying to get started. If you're just oh Jesus up. Christ, Rob, what sounded <laughs> like me? Just take a guess. Where would we bury the body, bro? <laughs> There's too many variables here. I all got right. Too many questions. Man. All right. That's I can't fine. even guess. Why didn't you just say six and just go with six. it? Okay, six. Okay. It's somewhere around there. But uh, the optimum number of reps was found to be three to nine. But it was found to be between three and nine. Three and nine. Which would be about which six. Be about six. You know why I find that funny? Nine reps wasn't one of the fucking groups. No. <laughs> but so how did they determine that? Yeah. They had an eight and a ten. There was no nine. Average, I guess. That's exactly it. But I'm like, they had no nine rep group. Oh, are they really? <laughs> Some of these studies, do you want? Are they really doing them, or are they just fucking making them up? Like the dog park yeah. fucking gay harassment yeah. study, the fake the, one. The fake one. I don't know, man. That's, I swear to God, some of them are. They they very well could be. I I thought that was fucking hilarious. There's some of the studies that you come across. Do you swear it's just like. Some dude in his garage training his neighbor. Man, you can't. It is. Like Brett Contreras, uh, he publishes studies and he just got a fucking EMG machine in the glute lab. And it Mm -hmm. used to be his garage. Like he literally has conducted studies out of his garage. And, you know, there's rigorous, like, there's a lot of different places you can get studies published. Mm -hmm. And so getting them, you know, some of them are more rigorous than others. Right. But, 
Yeah, like I could do a study. Like right. I, could, I could get an EMG machine and do a study on the catalyst pedals and fucking you know try to have it published. Call a study. Yep, and I mean it would be a study. Mm-hmm. Like a study doesn't have to be done in like a lab like with hard white. Right, yeah. exactly. Right, like there you can conduct a study and uh, it's just there, there's parameters and things and, and guidelines if you want to have it published and peer reviewed and all that shit. But um, so that actually brings up one of the things like. So you have to, you know, I'm finding some, like one of the reasons I don't know how they tested those guys is because I'm just looking at the abstract and for me to look at the whole study, I have to pay for it. Oh, motherfucker. There's a fucking paywall. I'm not sure how I feel about a paywall for science. Someone, like you said at the beginning, people like money. People do like money. They do like money. It's interesting though, because like, you know, those journals are charging the money and so it's you know it's a weird thing it's like the scientists who did the study aren't getting paid yeah and that money isn't going to further the studies you know again i don't i don't know where the money's going right, right. but i'm just you know I taking some some wild hairy ass guesses that like there's definitely a portion that is like a profit thing right it's like these journals are, are profiting off of science and like, but they have to, like, if you want to be taken seriously as a scientist, you have to get published in these journals. And so it's this weird kind of like mafia thing where it's like, hey man, you got to pay us for protection. protection. From who? From us. From us. <laughs> we're going to bust your shit up. That's right. It's like, we're not going to give you your degree. You're not going to get fucking your papers published, which means you're not going to get a job, which means you're not going to, you know, be able to pay your bills. So if you want that, you got to play our game. You got to get published in these journals and then we're going to charge people to be able to access the information that you fucking did and so it's a little shady it's interesting man it's interesting or maybe they do i don't know maybe the, the people do get a little bit it's kind of like uh was it? have you listened to the matt burton podcast much no i still haven't <clears throat> no it's fucking pretty funny man keenan's hilarious but he was calling out hinger for not producing his own content I totally agree, man. Like, I, I, it blows my mind. Like, I love BJJ fanatics, but it blows my mind that that system is there. That like the vast majority of of jujitsu practitioners, uh, that's their intellectual property. You're basically selling your intellectual property to someone else for like a portion of what you know the of the profits. And it's not that hard to produce your own shit. Like, I've done it. I'm not a fucking no, genius. And even what you see it produced by BJJ Fanatics, it's not like it's world-renowned production quality. Right. You know, you know what I'm saying? No, it's just I, a camera. We, I, I, could, I could produce something that, that quality. Right. Easy. Right. They're not doing anything crazy. No, 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 man. There's no, like, stop motion, no, like, no, you know, angle changes. And, and, and again, like, the, I don't know if that would make it better. But, yeah, it's just it's just a fucking camera, Just people, a camera, dude. In a Seven. room. Yeah. That's it. And it's like, you'd probably be surprised. You, you pull back and you see, like, where they're actually at. Mm-hmm. Like, what the building is and where they're at. And it's like, it's like, oh. Like, that's interesting. That was one thing I learned from my modeling career. Is, like, dude, the other side of the camera often looks way different than, what you than the image yep. that they're creating through the camera and and so yeah like they make you feel like you couldn't achieve that when it's like motherfucker if you knew where i really was you know better so yeah it's just a dude in a room with a camera yep. so um but yeah he was kind of you know chiding him a little bit because he's on uh was it grappler's guide because you got grappler's guide 
You've got the Jitsu. BJJ Fanatics. You've got BJJ Fanatics. You know, there may be like another. I don't know. Like Flow Grappling has shit. Like they've got a paywall and they do have instructionals and they, they they'll have people put out little like technique videos, <clears throat> yeah. but they don't have like a whole. Kino's bitching about that yeah. because they don't get paid for that. Yeah, they don't have a whole library. Yeah, like, yeah. Like Jitsu does. Like honestly, for instructionals, man, I use. Jiu-Jitsu and uh, BJJ Fanatics. Right. Those are my go-tos. But their their model is like they go to somebody who has something that you know, they to do. Offer, yeah. yeah, to offer. You know, Josh has got his hangar team, right? So he's a grappler's guy says, hey, I'll produce your video and I'll sell it for you and I will give you, you know, it, it's 50%. You know, that's probably generous. And it's probably somewhere in like the, the like, you know, 30 to 50% range. And so, I mean, some people are probably getting less than that, man. You get some unknown, you know, dude who's got no leverage, really. It's like he's probably getting like 25% or something like that. And, uh, yeah, and then they'll sell it and, and you get your cut. And it's like it sounds good because it's like, oh, I don't have to do anything. But you're really, like, selling yourself super short. Super short. Super short. And then they own that content. Like, you can't take that content and use it with it down the road so like if josh wanted to like you know down the road he comes up with a new fucking hanger teen series and he decides like well i'm gonna give away like you know three or four bits of this for free to promote this like you know he's got to go to to grappler's guide and get their permission or or have already for his own shit shit or already have like negotiated or whatever but he doesn't have like just you know free reign of it you know, he may be able to use like short clips or whatever, but if he's like, oh, you know, I've decided I just want to give this all away for free. I've decided I'm going to just build my email list. Are you listening, Josh? So, you know, build that email list, dude. <laughs> just give some shit away for free. But I, yeah, Keenan was um, fucking shying him about that and saying like, man, you need to just produce your own stuff. It's it's your intellectual property. And, and really, as a jujitsu athlete, as a jujitsu coach, like that's all you have is your intellectual property. So it's, uh, yeah, I totally agree, man. It's, it's, uh, interesting to me that there aren't more guys who just do their own thing. Like they have their own following and then they sell their own shit to that following. And man, not very many guys do it. No. Keenan's Keenan's got Keenan online. Marcelo's got his. Yep. Uh, I, I mean, Atos, Atos came out with one and then, uh, didn't the Mendez brothers do their own? Probably. I mean, you know, again, like the, I mean, like Gracie Baja probably has something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but it's but like the the individual uh, somebody that's not so well known. Yeah, like they all sell their stuff to <laughs> yeah another format. It's like, man, you guys. Uh, it's like, man, you, if you uh, using Instagram, you know, everybody said this. Like, Instagram is gonna go away at some point. I know it's fucking shocking, people. But we all look at Facebook, and it's like it's a shell of what it used to be. And, and and five years ago, everyone was like, "Dude, Facebook will never go anywhere. Like Facebook is, you know, the best thing ever, and nothing can ever replace Facebook." And it's, yeah, like these guys are spending all this time building a platform on Instagram, and it's like those motherfuckers on MySpace, you know. And it's like, dude, what happens when when things shift? And so the. You know, if you're not building that email list, your own platform that you can control, you're, uh, yeah, falling into the, the, the trap. But, anyways. Well, they made they make that uh, barrier to entry 
super easy. And then they, they frame it as kind of being difficult to produce your own shit. And they say, hey, we can take care of all that. We can email blast this. Oh, we already got a ton of people on our list. Blah, blah, blah. You know, they just give them all the reasons why yeah. they'd be better off for, to go through them. We you try to do it yourself. You know, it's funny too, though, is if you went to those same guys, right? Like if, if Hanger um, produced his own thing and then he went to guys that had a big list and offered to give them 50% of the sell. He'd probably find more than a few that would mail out for mm-hmm. him. And so, but now he's negotiating the terms. Right. They're not negotiating. And then he them. has full control. And he still has full control of everything. Exactly. So he can still sell his, his intellectual property. I produced it and I'm going to work a deal with you to right. where if you sell it, we'll split the profits. But uh, and if it, I want to take it and give it away, yep, it's mine. I can it's give still it away. mine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, it's just, uh, yeah, interesting, man, how people don't, um, yeah, they don't, they don't see that. It's, it's, cause it's so easy to just get fucking Instagram likes and have somebody produce your shit and sell it for you and call it a day. But that's not, uh, it's not what Keenan's doing. Keenan's fucking killing it. I mean, he's a smart dude. So, at least from what I can tell from listening. And I just mean killing it as in like, he's, he's, he seems to have figured this, how to make money in jujitsu thing out. And so it's, uh, which is good, man. I, 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 there are more guys. The reality is, is I don't think that jujitsu will ever get to the point to where we can pay the athletes what they really deserve. No, no, it won't just because it's not spectator friendly. Enough. Exactly. It's just not going to. It's so never gonna get there. the way that these athletes are really going to be able to make a living and, and you know get something back for their contributions to jujitsu are to uh, do what Keenan's doing and figure out how to make money through multiple streams and of course you know obviously seminars are a real popular one that, that people do um, private and then uh, but yeah like having some sort of online income stream that you're able to control uh, is is another one that's just like a hugely underutilized one by a lot of these jujitsu guys that uh yeah i I just i like i'd like to see more guys be able to make a living off of jujitsu because there's plenty of money to be made right like there's fucking a shit ton of white belts and blue belts out there who have money and are willing to pay to have somebody help them improve and, and and you know whatever so it's just learning how to tap into that, man. It's there. Yeah, yeah, man. The ocean's not dry. It's just, you got to figure out how to fucking get to it. And the traditional ways of doing it just aren't it. Like, I think, like, that's kind of the problem. Like, if you look at the way, like, most jujitsu guys make money, it really hasn't changed. It's the old school way. They they do seminars. They do privates. They, you know, cut a deal with somebody to do a DVD with. um, Maybe try to open an academy. And so, and again, a lot of those things, I'm not saying some of those things are timeless, right? Like you, you got to, uh, you know, they will work. But um, yeah, the idea of, of really uh, promoting and controlling and selling your own intellectual property is uh, something you just don't see enough guys do. So anyways, that's my, my thoughts. Speaking of that, when's... Uh... Like seminars, when's Canudo coming? 
We got Jamie Canuto coming pretty soon. Huh? Next week. Next week. Yeah, Monday, I guess. I, I'm not sure what day. I'm not sure. I know he's supposed to do a seminar, but we're not sure exactly when. So. How come that is just hasn't been scheduled? I, you know, I'm not quite sure. I've, like I tell everyone who asks me questions about that place, any, <laughs> any semblance of authority is merely an illusion, I assure you. So I have, I'm not sure. I just, I just was talking to somebody and, uh, cause yeah, Chris, well, big Chris was wanting to know. He said he's going to come down and train as much as he can next week. I haven't seen George in a long time, man. No, I haven't seen him either. I guess he's just working. Working his ass off. Yeah. Those yep. poor delivery guys, they work us to the bone. Yeah. Is that what he does? Yeah, he works for UPS. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's right. You're fucking, you're bizarro. <laughs> he's bizarro he raw. He is bizarro raw. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more tan than I am. Yeah, yeah. Got a little bit of hair. We got more hair. Yeah. Works for the other delivery place. That's right. <laughs> it is bizarro raw. Can't do jujitsu. Because he's working too much. That's right. I can't do it because I'm hurt. That's right. I'm not hurt. I'm recovering. Yeah. I'm going to do I want to train so fucking bad. Anyways. Yeah. I, just, I think I got to say that like once a podcast. Just to vent. It's good. Yeah. Keep putting it out in the universe. You're going you're gonna to manifest your destiny. One day you're going to be back on the mat rolling. I'm going to see. Dude, I can't like, see. wait. I can't wait. Even the, all the ass whoopings I'm going to take. I mean, my time is going to be off. I don't care, dude. I just want to... I want to come back and get my ass whooped. I don't give a fuck. I just want to wrestle. <laughs> I'm a little scared. I'm afraid like your jubilant energy may get a little like you're just you're just like kind of an aggressive dude in general. Mm-hmm. And you get a little like you're gonna you're gonna be like that fucking yeah that that kid who gets back out there playing and like fucking tackling his friends and <laughs> a little too hard. I've like, been grounded for too long. Yeah, yeah. Like Rob's like I'm just so happy to be back out there. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I can see it definitely going that way. It's okay, though. It's okay. It's all right. So, anyways. Um, man, I had one more interesting study here I'll throw out there. And it looked at uh, compensatory acceleration training. It was funny. Variable resistance machines versus like regular weight training. And just found that like there was no difference between the two. And so, you know, it was being used as a way to like show like, oh, you don't need to use the machines because they're not giving you anything that barbells aren't doing. Mm-hmm. But like the reverse of that's also kind of true. It's like, well, you're not really losing anything by not training with the barbells. Right. Like, it all depends on what you're trying to promote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's the, that's the funny thing. Like I've, uh, there was a study that I found on, on clipless pedals where, again, it's like you don't realize they're doing that. Like they went in to try to disprove they wanted to show that like, uh, the midfoot position wasn't as powerful and as strong as pushing through the ball of the foot. And what they found was that there was no difference. And so they turned around and they're like, well, see, the midfoot position isn't better. So people who are telling you to use it because it's better are, are, you know, wrong. And it's like, well, wait a minute, though. But the ball of the foot isn't better either. Like, you're not losing anything by using the midfoot position with your pedal stroke. And then there's, like, movement things that you're gaining that are, you know, a different subject. But, um... Yeah, man, kind of same thing. It was one of those, like, you go, like, people don't realize, like, you go in to disprove something, and, and you come out showing, like, oh, no, they were equal. Like, 
that's not really good for your side. No, you kind of disprove yourself. A little bit, mm-hmm. right? Like, you, you may have taken away their claims to them being better, but you didn't do anything for your claims to being better. No, you didn't bolster your claims. No, no, no. You're not better either. Mm-hmm. So, like, they don't need to come to you, but your side can... Yeah, so... Um, but, uh, yeah. Anyways, I just thought that was uh, interesting. But also, too, using the bands. That's one of the reasons that I like using the bands. Um, been doing that combination of the banded isometrics and then resting for 30 seconds and then doing the five reps and the bands force that compensatory compensatory acceleration you have to race the tension to the top like that's the that's the reason like first time people try to do like a you know a rep with a band like they try to do a deadlift or something like that and they try to stand up and there's bands on the bar just doing it with the bands and it's like it's a shit show yeah. and it takes them like a couple reps to get it and, it, and it's because it's that that just kind of slow grind versus actually like like driving through the whole range of motion and you have to stay ahead of that band tension and so it uh but like we we're talking like the brain doesn't care right so me doing a 300 pound deadlift with a barbell versus doing a really heavy banded uh deadlift with bands um it doesn't fucking matter right like again like the study shows like you know using the bands so that you're getting the the variable resistance versus using a barbell Neither one's better. So, like, choose the one that's not going to beat the fuck out of you over the long term. Speaking of that, I almost sent you this video and I forgot. I saw this clip of uh, Tony Ferguson, you know, the MMA guy, doing some deadlifts. It was the most horrific fucking deadlift technique I had ever seen. Like, frightening. Dude, I mean, it was just... Would he have a coach in the room? Or I didn't see a coach. Like... I didn't see a coach around. And if there was a coach there, and they weren't, and they were letting him do that, they should have been shot, and or fired. But uh, yeah, dude, yeah, you it see was, that shit all the time, man. I was like, what? How is somebody this high a fucking athlete, you know, a professional athlete, who in the right mind is letting him do a deadlift? He was using a trap bar deadlift, which okay, whatever. So, if anything, it should help him with... Yeah, should be, yeah. Oh, my God, dude. It was frightening, this fucking lack of technique. But anyways. Dude, you see that uh, all the time, man. It was... Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this. There was actually a, uh, a, a video segment of... Um, I think it did. There's, there's a guy on Pink... It's on Pink Bike, like this popular mountain biking site. And they're taking like a, a guy who's a private racer privateer and like the premises if we give him like kind of the same support a pro rider would get would that make the difference and he would be a pro rider and it's not um but one of the things is he's getting coaching from like this guy who's you know the top he actually works with one of my ex-clients that Aaron Gwynn guy and so he's uh seen as like one of the top uh downhill coaches in the world because of that and so in the video segment they're doing their strength tests and so they're testing his squat and his deadlift, and it is a shit show. And it was like the same thing. It was like, what is going on here? Like, why would this coach allow this, allow this to happen? And and you know, a lot of it was funny. Like a lot of people piled on, and they were like, "This is shitty form." Like, you know, where's the coach? This is a really bad example of what to do. And you know, the guy came back on. He made an excuse like, "Well, it was testing." So, you know, I just, I just wanted to see how much weight he could move. You know, we, we weren't, we weren't looking at form as much as we were, uh, just how much weight he could move. And it's like, 
Oh my god. That's not helping. That's just like we just talked that's about. That's worse. not help, that's not helping your side. No. No, 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 not at all. Not it's at like, all. you know, maybe a small breakdown. You like you may be able to give let somebody break down like maybe 5, maybe 10% in their technique. That's it. That's it, man. They start like totally rounding their back and just yeah. doing something different. It's like the famous Dan John line, you know, somebody told him like, "I think squats hurt my knees." And he's like, "Well, show me your squat." And they're doing it, and he's like, "Look, squats don't hurt your knees. Whatever you're doing there hurts your knees, <laughs> but that's not a squat." So let's not get these fucking things confused here. Um, but uh, anyways, yeah, lost my train of thought. I was ranting okay. on. So, uh, dude, I saw a furry, a group of furries last night at the farmers market. Get out of here! Yeah, yep. Really? Full on, dude. Fuck, man, I was Full gonna be going on. down to farmers market. Too. Yeah, you missed out. You missed out. Were they just hanging out? Did they have a yeah, booth they, down there? What's no, no, no. They were just hanging out. They were just hanging out. They were just... I'm sure they would have recruited someone. Good. <laughs> it's... Uh, what were the characters? What were they dressed up as? It was, you know, it, like, I don't know. Like, weird animal, animal mixture things. Did they have, like, the full-on, like, One mascot? of them did, man. One like of them had the thing? full-on mascot-looking outfit really and then there were a couple others that were like kind of half dressed because it's fucking hot man it's like hot. you got to be super committed to be a furry in, in like uh, grand junction fucking degrees and then yesterday it was even worse because it was humid Humor, yeah and so uh yeah most of them looked like they were in their summertime outfits their summertime just, just some fucking tails and some feet and hands kind of going really and so but huh yeah man you know it's big tourist time this time of year here in junction maybe there's like a furry convention in town could be. I need to be careful out fucking <clears throat> catching Uber rides. Uh, well, if you, if you stick to the airport, man. Yeah, should, but they got to get in here somehow. You know, I don't know. I haven't seen any super big suitcases loaded in the back of my car, so. As long as they're not dressed up as a furry. Like, it doesn't matter. I don't care. Yeah. Sure, like, I mean, yeah, teach his own. Yeah. Don't no, see, to, that's, yeah, that's the don't thing. Don't try to recruit me into your right. weird cult. Right, right, right. Dude, I was thinking about that, like, because... People like to point out that, like, the ancient Greeks were, you know, not afraid of homosexuality. And so it's like this, like, you know, well, everybody points to what manly men the Spartans were, and yet, you know, they had homosexual practices. And so it's hypocritical of people to be, like, you know, anti-gay and, and stuff. And it's like, the, the point was, it was more like, look, man, we it, it was more about masculine versus effeminate traits. And, like, you know, we talked about this before. It's like, I don't care if you're and you know John or Jill I don't care man but if we're on the fucking battlefield and you're my right hand man I want to know you're not running like a little bitch like that's what I'm fucking worried about right and so it's more like how are you how are you acting you know and so if you're acting in a way that is just really outside societal norms then you just have to understand that like you know people may be uncomfortable with it and it's not because you're gay i don't care right. that you're fucking dick it's just you know what i mean like if, if i had a straight friend that acted like that i would kind of feel the same way right. it's like dude stop acting so effeminate stop acting like a little bitch or, or stop <laughs> being so fucking weird like it's just it's not it, normal you're it's not normal to, something weird right and, and it's like and then i have the right to not it's like hey you know i'm not going to impose like you know what i mean i'm not going to try and hinder you from doing this but you don't need to get in my face and force me to force to me my, to accept. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Or just to accept it as normal and just right. and so it's the same thing with the furries, right? I'd have to assume like if somebody shows up with a big suitcase, you don't give a fuck. Right. If they showed up dressed like fucking Minnie Mouse in some like weird, you know, fucking porn video or something like that or whatever, it's like, uh, okay, look, man, you may have to wait for the next Uber. <laughs> like I just 
I just don't know that I can look at that fucking head in my rearview mirror the whole time. It's like, I don't care that you do this shit. It's not that I care that you're a furry. Fucking fur on, bro. Fur on. But it's just not... I don't want to fucking deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. You know? Or if I see you're doing that's fine. But like, I, it's like, you know, if they come up to me and they're trying to like talk to me and try and recruit me, it's like, look, man, I don't want to talk about it. Like, you do your thing. Exactly. Your it doesn't mean I'm anti-furry. Right. I don't give a fuck. I just don't want to talk about it. Right? Dead fucking people. There was one booth last night that said, meet Jesus. Meet Jesus. <laughs> yes, there was two churches there with prayer tents, with like prayer booths. Really? Yeah, they weren't there the other night. They may have, but my, I could have just ignored them. Yeah, so, but, you know, same thing. It's like, they're trying to recruit me for the prayer tent. It's like, hey man, I'm pumped. Like, good on you. I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. It's just, I'm cool. So, I'm not saying I don't want to do it because I hate you and I'm anti prayer tent, but you just, you I'll do take you your water. Do, yeah, you do you and I'll take a free water. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I'm, I'm equal opportunity snubber, right? Yeah, I snub most people. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Very rarely. I try yeah. to snub most people. So, anyways, I don't know. That's my thought, man. People can do whatever the fuck they want, but you just got to understand if you're going to act weird, people may react to that. And you just, like, I don't know. If you walk out in a furry outfit, you got to know that people, people are react to that. People are going to stare. And, and if you act like that's a fucking thing, it's like, what yeah. Yeah, what are you doing here, man? What are you doing here? So, but anyways, anyways. that treads into the all sorts of fucking shit. So... We'll leave alone. I think we'll leave that what alone. What is your subject, man? No, dude, we actually, we kind of talked, we basically covered it pretty good. When we were talking about the psychology of stuff and, you know, making the last rep your best rep. Yeah. We, we, we basically, we covered it enough. Covered it enough. Yeah, I don't, I thought about going deeper, but uh, I'm second guessing that thought. Like, I don't think it's really necessary. And well, I, I haven't, I haven't really figured it out how to, how, I had an idea. How would you define that. a best rep though? Like, how would you define a good rep? So, so someone's sitting here and they're listening to you and they're like, Rob, I agree with you hundred percent, man. But like, what's a good rep? So let's say you're drilling arm bars and you, you've been taught, you broke it down into a four step process and you know the ins and outs of each step you do each step in your mind perfectly that's a good rep your interpretation of perfect so in your mind so the mind the what your mind is focusing on is yep. you're saying is a important part yep so so the uh yeah so follow the steps follow the steps make sure you're hitting each each principle each so I mean, like when you see people drilling stuff i mean what is is like skipping steps or like kind of like what would you say is like kind of the big skipping steps you trying. see people not do like because if you're doing arm bars for five minutes right like you uh it can be if you haven't trained your brain it can be easy to start um because you see this with uh um in the gym i would tell people all the time it's like dude you're more likely to get hurt doing like a 10 15 20 rep set than you are three to five reps mm -hmm. because if you're doing 10, 15, 20 reps, you're doing some of those reps because they just stand between you and fucking 15. Being done. Yeah, it's just, I got to get these done. If you're doing three to five reps, 
it's like you've only you're got three to five. Yeah, it's easy to stay focused on each one. And so if you're drilling something for five minutes and it can be easy to just do some of those reps because they stand between you and the buzzer. So I, I don't know if, that, if, if there's really a question there as much as just kind of like, I don't know if you have like some no, advice or thoughts on like helping, how do you kind of... Man, just it's intentional. It comes back to, like, I think Josh Wiskin talked about it being intentional practice, deliberate practice. You're not just going through the motions. You're knowing why you're doing each step why you're moving here to accomplish this and each fucking time you do it you're doing it with that intention you're not just doing it just to do it not just to kill time between the beginning buzzer and the end buzzer intentional yeah. practice deliberate practice yeah that's what I would say yeah 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 no I agree obviously I'm just kind of trying to draw things out because I think it's a good subject man I think there's good because again I think it's one of those uh, subjects that you and I take for granted because you know we do we do study this shit. We we, we study how to be good studiers. Mm-hmm. Like you got to learn how to be a good learner. And so uh, if you haven't ever really been exposed to that, then you don't really know. Like say, like you can tell people, like, dude, do a good rep. It's like, what the fuck's a good rep? I don't know what a good rep is. And so uh, yeah, I think that's some good. So being able to do it fast doesn't mean it's a good rep. The speed comes with time, and un- un- unintentionally you get faster. Yeah. Just because you smooth out all those, the steps. There's less wrinkles in your program. Right. You flow through the steps. Smooth becomes fast. You just got to be smooth. Yeah. And not don't. Yeah, that's a big mistake you see. Yeah, I saw that. You know, some of our new guys there the other night, man. Like this guy, I give him an A for effort. He was trying really fucking hard, but I don't know what, and he was trying hard at the wrong things, and he was like, I mean, we're just doing Camaras, and this guy's like, fucking all out of breath, and fucking sweating profusely, and huffing and puffing, and not doing anything right in that effort. I'm like, hey man, let me show you how relaxed this should be. Just like this. Just real slow, just, your partner's not resisting, you're not really fighting anybody here, just get all the steps right, and, I think I kind of got through to him a little bit, but not No, so you much. did, man. I know exactly who you're talking about, and, <laughs> and he did. He called. He, I, I can tell, like you were, you were helping him because he was, uh, he was a little wired up. And again, it goes back to what we were talking about, man. Or something, like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he was, he was literally vibrating. Yes. Like visually vibrating. Yeah. And like he, it, relaxed. he was exactly, and it was just, dude, he, his fight or flight, uh, like sympathetic nervous system was so kicked on. And it's like, uh, yeah, it, but good on him for fucking, like, you know, Not sticking with he it. Was fighting, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and relaxing, man. Like, towards the end, he was no longer vibrating visually. I'm sure if you put your hand on him, you could probably still feel something. But it wasn't, like, as, 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 uh, as um, you know, pronounced. And, and a lot of it was, man, because you were over there and you are like, look, man, it's got to be this easy, you know? It's just... Yeah, there, there you go. Cool, awesome, and uh, but yeah, I guarantee you, if you'd have been like, this goes back to coaching, man. Like that dude needed a fucking pat on the back, not a kick in the ass. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck are you doing there? What is that? That would not have helped. What is, what's going on here? That's his up. What? This isn't what the fuck I was talking about. Do this. Put your hand. Yeah, like that would have, dude. His, he might have fucking. He never. He never no, came back. No, would have came back. I wouldn't have blamed him, man. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, being able to, to read that. But that was. Uh, that was good, but yeah, man, it's you see, like people don't know how to direct their their thoughts, and 
And honestly, this goes back to, I think, like, meditation. It's just such a, um underutilized tool. And, you know, like I said, we, there, there's different things. You know, you can meditate just being mindful and breathing, and, and there's different ways to, to do it. But it comes back to, uh, like, taking control of your mind. And, and you're saying like, no, 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 this is what I'm going to focus on, or this is what I'm not going to focus on. A lot of like meditation is like, I'm not going to focus on this. Well, see, that's what I was going to kind of contradict you a little bit. They, because I'll fall into that trap. When you say you want to meditate, you want to take control of your mind. That you can take that the other way or too far. Like you just have to sit down and observe your mind and you, you can tell yourself, Hey, I'm just going to focus on my breath. And then when those random thoughts come in, you start going down a rabbit hole. You observe that. You're like, oh, that was interesting. You just come back. Right. Concentrate on the breath for a minute. Right. And the next thing you know, guess what? And some other random thoughts are going to come in. Your, your to-do list or what you were thinking about. Then it's going to come back. Oh, you just observe it and just move on. Yep. You're not going to control it. No. Don't don't fight it too hard. You're choosing. You know, you're, you're trying to give your mind some direction. Right. On, and, and like I said, it's... It's a fine line, right? Like it's like you're either directing it to to focus on something like your breathing mm-hmm. or to choose to not focus on uh, really anything. Like that's kind of the, the goal is to just have that empty mind where just things are flowing and you're just not, uh, you know, sticking to any of them. Like that was like one of the metaphors, like things go through and some thoughts get sticky and they stick as they're flowing through your head and then they start like, you know, growing from there, getting branches and going. It's like if you don't recognize, it's like, oh, oh, that's cool. And then they like let them unstick. But man, that shit is so important for for drilling. And it's one of the reasons again, like pe- drilling gets such a weird rap. And and I think that the reason is is that the vast majority of people out there, unfortunately, don't have the body awareness and don't have the mind awareness and focus to really take full advantage of drilling. And so you watch people just kind of flopping around and doing, I mean, dude, we've seen examples of people who don't, don't get really the most get out of their drilling. They don't really get it. Right. And, and you could point at that and say, man, drilling's fucking worthless. Like, what is going on here? And I think the way a lot of people drill, it is worthless. I think a lot of people drill just because coach tells them to drill. Or they hear like they hear, oh, somebody's they like hear drilling us key. About how, yeah. how, how good drilling is, but they don't really understand. You know, it's not deliberate. Again, it's just going from the beginning buzzer to the end buzzer. Yeah, they're not doing it with intention. Yeah, and it's just man, intention takes practice. Yeah. And and man, honestly, sometimes intention can be hard to practice, like in an environment like jujitsu drilling. So that's why sometimes you just got to do some some isolation movement, man. You know, some isolation exercises. Instead of isolating your triceps, you're just trying to isolate your, your, you know, your focus and, you know, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's super important. And the, you know, the body awareness thing, like when the mobility stuff that we're always talking about and like, not just going through it, but really being mindful of how does this feel? And, oh, that feels different than this side. How do I get this side to feel that way? What am and, I doing different? Yeah. What am I doing different? And then again, those are all things you can apply to jujitsu but like if you don't have that body awareness where you can you know do the rep on your good side and then do it on the bad side and then go back to the good side and go 
Oh, okay. I'm I'm doing this with my hips. Right? That's why it feels different. That's why it feels different. I'm so doing this different. Times. Right. <clears throat> but you should be able to do that. And then you can go back and practice it on your and and that's so good because like a, a, a part of coaching, I think Donaher said this is like it's making you aware of what you're doing that's working. Mm-hmm. Like that that's a part of it. It's like, okay, this is this is you know, you're doing something good here, but this is why it's working and making you aware of that enhances your you, you know ability to do it and so i mean i'm sure you'd agree man we've seen like you, you know you got your good side you go to the bad side and somehow like drilling that bad side and, and forcing yourself to figure out what you were doing good on the good side like makes the good side even better now because you know exactly you, you have good understanding of what oh that's why I was, was going there, on. there'll be a part of the movie that you don't even understand that was a thing Right, and until you go to do the other side, it's just not fucking working right. Like, what am I doing different? So then you got to go back to it. Oh, okay, you go back to it, back and forth, and then then you figure it out. Yeah, yeah, man, you definitely. I mean, you're, you're reading the Musashi book, and that was one of his things. Like, do not be right-handed or left-handed. Don't be right or left-footed. You got to be able to deal with attacks, no matter how they come. Like, you can certainly have your preferred side, but uh, that's probably like one of the best parts of drilling. Is man, when you're rolling, it's you don't pick what side ooh, it's re- that and like it's really hard to like work on your weaker side. Mm-hmm. Like you try and hit a knee cut past to your weak side, and you're like, it gets blown up, and you're like, well, that didn't work. So you, you shy away from it. That and it's like, well, you can't go back and and do it again and go. You know what I mean? Like, oh, let me go try my good side and see what did I do there. I'll come back here, and so you're not able to to work that um, that element. So. Yeah, I mean, working that weak side is uh, is super important. But if you're just starting out, get that good side down. Yeah, just start. You don't have side. a good side yeah, yet. You, you, you got to get a good side. You got a bad side and a slightly worse side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I think that's about all I got. On. Yeah, I think, I think so too, man. I think I'm tapped out from fucking flapping my track today. Okay, kind sounds good. Yeah, Z's gonna be back soon. Let me play some fucking throw throw burrito. <laughs> that game looks awesome. He'd be pretty pumped, yeah. Yeah, man, that's uh that's funny. It's from those uh the exploding kittens mm-hmm. guys. And uh yeah, another another Kickstarter campaign. Weaponized Mexican food. Weaponized Mexican food. I gotta say, I wasn't hundred percent sold on it. I wasn't sure how it was gonna be and how they were gonna pull it off and make it fun. They did a pretty good job. So yeah, we'll have to give it a shot. That'll be to keep everybody in suspense. It'll be a re- That's right. A review of what's the name of the game? Throw Throw Burrito. <laughs> throw Throw Burrito. Yes. I'm yeah, gonna yeah. throw a burrito at a six year old. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of review, just real quick, a little shout out, man. That Marcelo Cohen is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. The Kimura DVD. Yep, Kimura DVD. He's got his fucking rooster weight Kimura. Yeah, it's legit. Like really fucking good stuff. I've gotten um, several great tips uh, that have helped my I like the way Kimura you showed game. when you were showing uh, Kimura Wednesday night um, how to the, how to deal with the defense when they grab the inside of the thigh you know like the old school way you, you know you teach it like using your hip to get it out yeah but you the way you had you rotate the angle and you kind of use your hamstring yep. to peel it out it's yep. good 
Yeah. I'm assuming you got that. I got that from him, man. For sure. That's another good technique. I like that. Yeah. And then it sets up. You can get lazy with that leg when you're turning the angle and it baits them into thinking they can push push that knee down or that leg down and you can out pummel that arm every time. And then they're in the triangle. I I just like using the hamstring. Yes. To get that arm out. Yeah, getting that angle. That was instead of instead of rotating and using the hip. It's like using like a flower sweep angle yeah. to to. I think it's probably it's easier for people to understand instead yeah. of rotating and using their hip. See, yeah, that one's hard because you're still trying to dig it out. You, you know, gotta dig, you gotta. Yeah, because they're still in their strong point. Like what I liked about that is like what really what you're doing is you're stretching them out. Mm-hmm. And once they get stretched out, now they they're not in a strong position, and it's easy to pop that hand out versus like. If they're still balled up and, you're, dealing with and you're just trying to like use your hip to dig it out, especially in like the fucking gi, it's uh, it's tough, man. So yeah, that's uh, I recommend um, if anybody's looking for a non eight hour Kimura <laughs> DVD set, something that you can watch in one sitting and go and apply immediately. Uh, I think it's good. I like that video or the the instructional. So give him a little plug. Look at that. So. And with that, let's call it a wrap. Okay, man. Sounds good. See you. See you. Thank you for listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help and will allow us to keep putting out episodes. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas, hit us up at grumpyguybjj at gmail.com. Also, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com, and get signed up for podcast updates and get our free BJJ Improvement Starter Kit. That's it for now, so get on the mat, train hard, and talk to you all next week. Yeah.